What's up, everybody? Welcome into an ep- another episode of the Draft Film Room as we look forward to the 2024 NFL Draft with the first 18 non-playoff picks locked in. I'm your host, Jacob. You can find me at Twitter on Roach- at Roachism13, or you can email the show at draftfilmroomnfl at gmail.com and tell me what you think about the show. Tell me uh, what you want us to cover next, where you want me to go, and that sort of thing. We're Flying solo again today, working on uh, starting to get some more guests and things like that going forward with the season wrapping up and the draft really ramping up for some people that don't really obsess over it like I do or those of you that are listening who probably are obsessed with the draft too. Um, We've really seen continual support and growth over the last uh, five episodes that we've done. So I'm just so incredibly blessed and thank you. uh, Thank thankful for all that you guys are checking out the show. You can find my written uh, work over at withthefirstpick.com. I also cover the Browns for Browns Wire. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. We're doing top five defensive tackles. This is a very interesting class because you got the guy at the top, and just like with wide receiver and quarterback and some of these other positions, it's pretty universal that people have Jerzon Newton from Illinois at the top, and I'm not going to go crazy and put him anywhere else. Um, we're going to start with five, but I just find this a really interesting decision. We'll talk about Jerzon Newton here in a little bit, but he's there at the top, and I think he's pretty universally the top, but then it's very muddied. Uh, you know, you got the Texas duo and some other guys in there fighting it out. And I'm really interested to see what you guys think of my rankings and to watch some shows with other people and see what they think, of what their rankings are and rather or not they line up with mine. So without further ado, let's get into it. what we're talking about this episode, your defensive tackles. At number five for me, it's Ruka Horror Horror Um, Sorry, dude. You are a beast on the football field, so I should learn how to say your name. But the Clemson product uh, comes in number five for me. It was a guy as a Browns fan that I really kind of wanted the Browns to get last year. Uh, And then, of course, he goes back to Clemson for another year. Um, Kind of his numbers in 2023, he had five sacks. He had four sacks in 2022. Uh, He's had eight tackles for loss in both the years uh, consecutively. I think he actually had it a year before that, too, which is really crazy. He's 6'4", 295 pounds. Uh, I don't think, for me, I think he's a much better, um, yeah, 23, five sacks uh, in 23, four sacks in 22, and yes, eight tackles for loss in three straight years. Yeah, gotcha. Sometimes it's hard to read my notes. (laughs) Sorry about that. Um, I think he's a much better run defender than he is uh, a pass rusher because I think right now he doesn't have a great pass rush plan uh, to really get home and make those sacks, but Boy, can he push the pocket up the middle. Uh, He's got a great motor, has really good play strength. I think he moves pretty well laterally, uh, really strong lower base, which really helps him to absorb blocks as a run defender. But also I think that's where it comes, where he can push the pocket. And one thing I think that you find a lot of value in that, uh, in just at least being able to push the pocket vertically, 
you find a lot of value in that in the modern NFL um, because you've got all these quarterbacks, a lot of athletic quarterbacks, even if they're not going to run for yardage, you've got quite a bit of quarterbacks in the NFL right now that like to use their legs to extend plays, step up in the pocket and slide out where they get more time or step up in the pocket and take off if they're one of these athletic runners and things like that. So being able to kind of clog rushing lanes and, and clog escape lanes is something I think uh, Rook does really, really well. And as a result, uh, he's at number five for me. I think he's really nice. His first step off the line of scrimmage is pretty nice. Uh, he just really needs to develop a better pass rush plan. Um, but like I said, he eats blocks. He clogs running lanes. Um, I think he's plays with decent leverage. I think for uh, Rook, I think it's more just getting some more development um, technique-wise. And I think after that, I think he becomes a really good player. And I think he immediately he makes an impact as a – early down run defender or even as a goal line run defender, I think that he can step in immediately right away and be effective in that role. So for me, Rook or Horohoro is uh, defensive tackle number five for me in this class. Guys, more likely than not, uh, we're going to be setting up a Patreon for this show. So if you really enjoy this and you want to help uh, help the show grow and, and continue to do great episodes. I'm going to be putting out a Patreon in next week's episode uh, if you want to support the show financially. Okay, moving on to number four. Number four, I got Leonard Taylor the third, uh, the defensive tackle for Miami, Florida. I think he's really good at op- occupying blocks and clogging rushing lanes. Uh, just like with Rook, I think he's a better run defender. I think he does. One of my notes that I kept on Leonard Taylor was he does the dirty work really well and just flat out occupies space. Sometimes that's just what you need to do. I just went over that with with Rook, and so I'm not going to go quite as as in depth to it. But I find both of them to be very effectively similar players. Um, but Leonard Taylor has some inside outside versatility. He's played inside and played outside for Miami. Um, not hyper productive. He had ten and a half ta- uh, sack wise. He had three and a half sack or three sacks in 22, one sack in 23. 10 and a half tackles for loss last year, only three and a half tackles for loss this year. But when you watch him on the tape, you see a guy that is not showing up in the stat sheet, but you see a guy that you feel pretty confident in uh, his upside and that he, like I said, does the dirty work really well. Uh, I think he gets off the line decent enough, um, not quite enough to be an effective outside rusher. So that inside uh, outside flexibility kind of takes a little bit of a hit there. Uh, but I think he has pretty good hand placement, plays with really good leverage. Uh, I think more development, more uh, practice with leverage. I think he's got the tools to be a really great leverage player. I just don't think he always plays with an efficient pad level. Uh, but I think he's one of the best run defenders in the entire draft. And uh, once he develops more pass rush moves, he's six foot three, 305 pounds, uh, just eats double teams just you're not running power eye right up the gut at Leonard Taylor you're going to run away for Leonard Taylor because that's where he is in terms of his size his leverage his hand placement his strength um, and I think he just moves really well laterally and, and and I think when you put all those things together you get one of the best run defenders in the NFL or NFL in the uh, NFL draft for 2024 and so Leonard Taylor the third from Miami he's my number four defensive tackle uh, for this class So we are going to keep moving right along as we go through the top five. Number two and three, actually right before I recorded this podcast, I flipped number two and three. Um, The guy that I'm about to talk about had been my um, number two until I did a recheck 
Um, and just so you know, Tavondre Sweat, the, the other Texas defensive tackle, I have him at number six. So he's just outside my top five, but still a very good player. Um, but I flipped these guys. I did another track last night and then even into this morning for this the player that was at three and is now at two. And, and I kind of was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and flip these guys. But number three for me is Brandon Dorless from Oregon. I know a lot of people are going to call him an edge, and I think a lot of draft places are calling him an edge. I would call him a defensive tackle because I just think that's where he's better. Um, I'm really high on Brandon Dorless. I had him number two before this, uh, go right before, if I recorded this episode, probably two, three days ago, I probably would have kept Brandon Dorless at number two, but I, I ended up doing some rechecks, uh, and, and moving some things around. So Brandon Dorless from Oregon is as versatile as they come again, just like Leonard Taylor, only much more effectively in 2023, he had 261 snaps on the inside, 159 over the tackle and 160 outside the tackle. So you're going Pretty much, you know, when he's over the tackle, he still can be considered a defensive tackle depending on exactly where he is lined up. So you're going to see him probably more inside than he is outside. Uh, 2023, six and a half tackles for loss, five sacks. And here's the thing that really gets me about Brandon Dorless, uh, just in terms of something that really intrigues me about his 2023 season. He had nine pass deflections this year with Oregon. And it's just like he's not the longest guy. I mean, he's got he's long, but like he's, he's six foot three, 290 pounds. So that's why some people want to call him an edge uh, because he plays some on the outside. But for me, 290 pounds, I'd rather him on the inside. And he's not the longest guy you've ever seen. He doesn't have like uh, three feet long arms or anything like that, but he understands how to disrupt passing lanes, put his arms up in the passing lanes. If he can't get to the quarterback uh, and just, just make it the job on the quarterback more difficult. And, and I love that in a defensive tackle with defensive linemen at all. That'd be your job uh, on passing downs and in, in kind of as we've seen more and more passing in the NFL, we've seen more emphasis on disrupting passing. And that's kind of where Brandon Dorless comes. Uh, he's as versatile as I come. Like I said, he's had success as a stand-up rusher, uh, not just with his hand in the dirt on the outside. He's done it with, um, standing up, which is very interesting. I think he's very explosive off the line of scrimmage, moves relatively well laterally, uh, decent twitch and bend around the edge. He can win with speed and he can win with power. He's a decent run defender. Um, he's really got a ton of upside in my opinion. Uh, he had 35 hurries, seven hits with a 10.2 pass rush win rate last year, which is right where I would love it for an inside guy. I think he pushes the pocket very well vertically. Um, just similar to what I was saying, uh, you know, with Rook a couple of players ago, I think he can push it and occupy space and, and really uh, not give easy outs to some of these mobile quarterbacks. Uh, he does, has a really, I, I like his hand usage at, especially at times. I think it can be very interesting the way he stacks and sheds players uh, just his hand placement, uh, really great hand swipe. He does just such, such a great hours, such a great, um, oh, there we go. His does such a great job keeping offensive linemen's hands out of his body, but that hand swipe, violent hands. Um, uh, he really pursues well against the run, uh, on the backside. Like he does his job to make sure there's not like nobody back there where if the, the running back cuts back, 
you know, and completely tries to change the direction and go on the other side. Uh, I think Brandon Dorless does a really good job of maintaining his, uh, his gap discipline in that sense. Um, but you know, it, it, it's really nice to see guys like that, but yeah, he, he, he does really well against, uh, double teams as a pass rusher. Uh, you're not going to see him get home a ton. Like I said, five sacks, but you get four or five sacks from this guy. Um, and he does what he does as a run defender and he, you know, gets your hurries, gets your hits. Uh, he wins quite a bit over 10% of his snaps. And I really like him a ton. Um, I had him at number two. I wrote up a kind of a profile on him for with the first pick this past week. Uh, and I had him at number two, but then I rewatched some more of Byron Murphy, the second from Texas. And I was like, as much as I love Brandon Dorless. Here's Byron Murphy, the second, and he's just fantastic. He's so explosive. Brandon Murphy, Byron Murphy is just incredibly explosive off the line of scrimmage. He's really twitched up, which is always nice to find a twitched up player on the inside. Uh, you don't see quite as many of those in the NFL, and that's kind of why I put him above Brandon Dorless is just because he's more twitched, and, and it just really opens up more possibilities from him. Uh, with just because he's got that physical giftedness. Um, he's just great laterally too. He really, especially against the run, his ability to shoot the gap and get in the back, you know, get in the backfield to either make a tackle for loss um, or just to make them change direction and help somebody else clean it up, whatever you want to say it. Uh, his ability to shoot the gap and get there on the inside is just it's just off the charts. Um, trying to get this brought up for you guys real quick. I had I had a little bit of a, a, a special note I made for him, and then I apparently disclosed it. I put up his stats, and for some reason I didn't have him in front of me. So five sacks, eight and a half tackles for loss this year for Texas. Uh, one sack, three tackles for loss last year. Uh, played in 13 games last year, 14 games this year. Uh, again, another thing you're going to see with these defensive tackles is you're not going to see ridiculous production numbers when it comes to sacks and things like that. And they're defensive tackles, you know. If you want to go sacks and stuff like that, go over and check out our uh, the edge rusher show that we did a couple of weeks ago, and you can see see more of that stuff. I think he's pretty strong against double te double teams, uh, and the thing that really gets me at six foot one, three hundred pounds is he's just got elite explosiveness uh, and and, and an, just an absolutely phenomenal motor like you are not gonna outwork out try out hustle byron murphy in in the uh down there in the interior of the offensive line uh defensive line you're not gonna you're in the trenches down there and you're not gonna out hustle him and and it's just really fun to watch his hand placement at times can be a little bit iffy that's really where i think he really has to improve uh, but he plays pretty, he plays good with leverage. I think he's very good against double teams. He flashes between the speed and power all the time. Um, he starts with the speed to just explode off the line of scrimmage and it just powers his way through you. Uh, sometimes shooting the gap, things like that. He's so fast and so quick. His ability to shoot the gap is off the charts, like I said, and, and that's where it comes back to. So for me, number two, defensive tackle, Byron Murphy, the second. Let's get to number one. Let's talk a little bit about Jerzon Newton from Illinois. Um, it's, you know, I'm like setting these things up like I have uh, advertisers. I mean, I don't have advertisers yet. If you're watching this, you want to advertise this show. It's a quickly growing 
uh, draft podcast. So I don't know. Check it out. Whatever. <laughs> Jerzon Newton has just fantastic leverage. Like as good of uh, good of a leverage player as I have seen in the last handful of drafts as I've been covering and podcasting and writing about them, it's about as good as, as it comes. Another player that's just versatile as they come. You can put him wherever you want. He's an all-encompassing. It's all-encompassing what he can do. Uh, he's as explosive, high energy, invades the gaps mobility, all this, his ability to move um, is even better than Byron Murphy. I love Byron Murphy's explosiveness, but Jerzon Newton takes it to another level. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, he's he's shown he can rush at the five and seven tech on top of everything. He's got really good flexibility in his ankles and lower body. Excuse me. Goodness, I apologize. <laughs> he's a slippery pass rusher. You know, that's really fun. He, like I said, his leverage is where it is. It's he's creating mismatches and ex, and exploiting those routinely with the way that he plays his leverage. It's just absolutely fantastic. He's just like when you watch Jerzon Newton, it kind of reminds me of as a prospect as what we're looking at with Marvin Harrison. Where I'm like, I'm not telling you he's going to be a Hall of Famer because we never know something could happen at the next level that he just can't adjust to and just can't take it to where we think he can but that raw potential and the talent and ability that uh Jerzon newton has is just absolutely ridiculous he's an exceptional athlete he pursues really well in space he's not a small guy 6'2 295 pounds uh he just absolutely produces some numbers from him in high school uh he had 16 sacks 20 29 and a half tackles for loss and three forced fumbles. His first two years at, at, at Illinois, he had 73 tackles and, and uh, five sacks. Uh, and then in 2022, he, he logged five and a half sacks, 14 tackles for loss. For some reason, I did not pull up uh, his stats for you guys for this year because – I thought he was coming out last year, and my editor over at uh, Browns Wire, uh, Corey Kennan, really loved him coming out if he was going to come out last year. This year, eight and a half tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks. So he ups the sack production. Um, if you need an interior guy, I don't, and you, none of them are off the board, you absolutely 100% have Jerzon Newton in your lap. You should take him. He's a top 10 talent in this class. I don't know where they'll value him because of it, because he is a defensive tackle. You see stuff like that. Uh, he's got a plethora of moves. He's got a chop. He's got a club. He's got a rip, stack and shed. Um, he just can really do about all of it, and he just throws blockers out of the way. So if you're looking for an interior, Jerzon Newton, they're not gonna, there is a gap between Jerzon Newton and then Byron Murphy and Brandon Dorless and all these other guys that I've talked about. Um, there's a, a noticeable dap. So for me, Rook or Horohoro uh, from Clemson, Leonard Taylor the third from Miami, Florida, Brandon Durless is number three from Oregon, Byron Murphy the second from Texas, my number two, and number one is Jerzon Newton from Illinois. Thank you guys so much for checking out another episode. Uh, working on getting a co-host. So once we get a co-host set up, these episodes will be a little bit longer, uh, but we're done with defensive tackles. I think coming up soon, I did a giant or a bears mock draft and i'm gonna have a pod in the next couple of days 
doing a double mock draft, one for the commanders and one for the, the Patriots, something I really enjoy just making these mock drafts. So hope you guys check it out. I hope you guys like the episode. Tell me what you think, rate, subscribe, follow. See you guys again next time. And, you know, have be safe out there.